Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to join me today in the book of Luke, chapter 22. And I just feel that I am in harmony with the spirit of this service, what's already been said what's already been saying, and uh, and I don't intend to preach a long time, but I never really intend to preach a long time. Sometimes it just happens. But Luke chapter 22 and verse number 31, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Yeah. Amen. I, I know for many, many people, this is a very familiar passage of scripture, but the Lord said, Simon, there's, there's a storm coming. And there is a battle raging. And Satan has desired to have you, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And then he said, but here's what you're going to have to do. You're, I'm going to pray and God's, he, you're going to be touched. You're going to be strengthened. But when that happens, don't waste your testimony. There's a lot of been said about testimonies this morning. He said, when you're converted, strengthen thy brethren. Amen. I want to, with the help of the Lord, preach from this subject this morning, a battle we must win. A battle we must win. Amen. There's been some hills in my life that frankly just weren't worth dying on. It wasn't worth the time, the effort, the energy. Amen. You know, the longer you're married, you get to, you're easier to, able, a little bit easier to define those hills, aren't you? Come on, you married folks, don't be chicken. Amen. You, you think back, there was a day you would have died on that hill. And then there comes a day you say, you know what? We just let that, there's some things it's not worth dying over, but there are some things that are battles we must win, and I want to talk about that battle we must win. You can be seated. Well, I feel the electricity of the Holy Ghost in here. The Bible says, Satan hath desired to have you. These are the words of Jesus. Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. I think it's interesting I, in, in studying the scripture again yesterday, I want to just underline two things that I feel like are important and both of those are the word you in verse number 31. Because when Jesus said Satan hath desired to have you, it's important to know that the first time he says he has desired to have you, that the word you there is a plural 
And so in your Bibles, there's sometimes, in many Bibles at least, there's a notation that Jesus is talking to the disciples, all of them, collectively. And so Satan has desired to have all of you that he may sift you, singular, as wheat. So he's after the whole group. But we got to understand that this is not just a group effort. This is an individual effort. And this is a battle that I must win. I'm thankful for collective battles. But I'm also thankful that God strengthens us in individual battles. And so Satan may have uh, all desired rather to have all the, the, the disciples that, may haste, that he may sift them individually as wheat. Luke 22 and 28 describes these men. He said, as they which have continued with me in my temptations. That's who I'm talking to. I'm, I'm talking to men who have been there when the, when the days were hot and they were long. They have been with me in my hour of temptation, in my hour of, of temptation, and these are men that have been with me in my trials. And so, he is talking to people that he knew it was not really in them as a natural thing to give in to their trials. They had had an example before them, and they themselves had endured some things. But it was a warning. But it was not just a warning; it was a word of encouragement. It was a warning to Simon Peter and to all of those that were with him, amen, that in the end, you're gonna be tried. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. In the end, we know that the Lord's prayers were indeed answered while Simon Peter's courage failed him, amen. His faith did not fail him. His courage failed him when he was standing around warming his hands over the enemy's fire. And a young lady said, I believe you're one of them. And in his fear, he said, I'm not one of them. And three times he denied knowing the Lord. His courage failed him, but his faith in that moment of failure took him to an altar of repentance. Amen, because he had faith and confidence in the Lord that even in my folly, in my despair, in my mistakes, I'm serving a God that will reach back. And God did reach back. Hallelujah, God did reach back. He was restored and not just restored to be marginally used by the Lord in his future, but he was restored to be greatly used by God in his future. He was kind of self-confident. Um, Simon Peter was a man that had a hair trigger, amen, but his boasting was, was being checked by the Lord because we've got to understand that the Spirit of God can hold us and correct us and not just caress us, but he can correct us, amen, because we have to realize that no one in this building under the sound of my voice or in this world can trust our own heart. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And then Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, posed a question. Who can know it? You cannot trust your heart. When you think you got it all together, our courage can fail us. When we think we got it all together, our strength can fail us. When we think we've got it all together, many things can fail. But the Lord said, but I'm praying for you that your faith 
fail not. I will tell you this morning that we need the spirit of the Lord to help us realize that our power, our strength is not in our own ingenuity. It's not in who we are. It's not even wrapped up in the promises that God has made to us. Amen. For instance, Abraham's greatest strength, I've often said, let me pause here for just a moment. I've often said that many times some of our greatest strengths can also be our greatest weaknesses. Amen. So just stay with me for just a moment. Abraham's greatest strength was his faith. Yet his faith failed him when he went down to Egypt and he lied about Sarah being his wife. I mean, who would have ever thought just fresh off of that Genesis 12, 7 experience that he would find himself so quickly able to tell a story about his own wife. Moses' strength was his spirit of meekness, but yet he lost his temper and disobeyed God's command and was not allowed to enter into Canaan. Simon Peter was a brave man, but his courage, as I mentioned a moment ago, failed him at a critical time and he denied the Lord and when the sounding of that rooster began to crow, he recognized and realized the voice of God that had spoken to him. He said, it's gonna happen and Simon said, it's not going to happen but the preaching rooster proved him wrong but he's realized I've my courage failed me, but my faith is still in God. And he went out into the night and wept bitterly. I don't know what that altar looked like, but I'm gonna tell you whatever it looked like. It was a place where God met man. Hallelujah. I'm thinking tonight or today that we must remember the words of of the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians in 10 and 12 when he said, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, take heed lest he fall. My Lord help us today to realize we can never and will never be able to do this within our own strength I know I mentioned this a little bit Wednesday night but it bears repeating it doesn't matter how well we have the songs memorized it doesn't matter how many scriptures we have committed to memory that we can quote I don't ever want to get to thinking that it's just another Sunday and I can do this from my mind or from my intellect or my own strength I don't want to kneel down at an altar of prayer and just recite a few words that I've memorized to the Lord, but I want to desperately cry out and realize that Satan is desiring me to have me. I want you to know that Satan's desiring you to have you. And so that's why I say this is a battle that I must win. I've got to win this today. And I've got to win it tomorrow. And I've got to be willing to go back to the altar again the next day because this is a battle that we must win. This is a hill worth dying on. This is a hill worth dying on. I believe that it's dangerous and even deadly to engage in war with an enemy without first realizing what's at stake. Just what are we talking about here? Jesus told one of his closest disciples named Simon Peter, he told him exactly what the stakes of war were. He started out by saying, Simon, Simon, Behold, these words, in other words, would say, Simon, Simon, you need to sit down and you need to listen to me because what I'm about to tell you is extremely important. I don't know about you, but I've been on the receiving end 
of some conversations that started like that. I need to talk to you about something. I need your. I need to know if you got a moment to listen. I've got to share something with you. There's something about the prelude there that captures your attention. That realizes this is not a casual conversation, but we got to sit down and talk about something serious. Simon, Simon, behold, turn aside and see. He said, Satan is desiring to have you, all of you. This entire ministry team of twelve, he wants all of you. Well, it's one thing to think that he just wants to take down the church and we can think, well, that's a collective body and, and we can find strength in numbers and we can find comfort. But then the Lord said, because he wants to sift you, you individually as wheat. He wants to destroy you. And so it's one thing for us to talk about how that the enemy opposes the ministry of the church. But can I tell you today that it's not just a church body corporately or collectively. This morning, Satan is after you and he's after your family and he's after your children and he's after your marriage he's after your home so we can't sit back with a cavalier and a passive spirit amen and think everything's going to be alright because we've got this group, group or mob mentality but we are in this battle understanding we're not alone but he is after us and so what are the stakes of this war what are we talking about amen what is the price what is on the table well, I will tell you it's a three-letter word. It's you. Amen. That's what's at stake. It's you. I gotta make sure that I am minding my P's and Q's. I gotta make sure that I'm dotting every I and crossing every T because it's not that the it's not that the devil is after Jack Reed. So I gotta keep my eye on him. No, no, no. It's not that the devil is after is after Shannon Bird. No, and I gotta keep my eye on her. No. It, he is. That's one thing. But but it, this is way more personal. Amen. It's that man in the mirror. It's that lady in the mirror. That's what's at stake. Amen. I want to tell you that the man in the mirror is worth fighting for. The lady in the mirror, it's worth fighting for. Amen. That soul, our prodigals that we're praying over, that's worth fighting for. This is a battle that we must win. We must win. Amen. It's our body, it's our soul, it's our heart, it's our emotions, it's our mind. It's all of you. And so the devil's not just trying to frustrate your life. He wants to destroy your life. I'm not trying to stir up fear, but I am trying to wake us up today. He's not just wanting to frustrate your life. He's wanting to destroy your life. The Bible says to be sober, vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion that the preacher talked about this morning whose roar can be heard from five miles away. Amen, just a roar to send chills and, and, and fear across the entire jungle because even though they can't see him and they can't hear the fall prints, fall pause as they hit the dirt, there's a roar that's going out that reminds them I'm the king of this jungle. It reminds them that you're in inferior and he is superior that's what the message is hallelujah and John said he come to kill and to steal and to destroy and so lest we think that the enemy is some something that's harmless amen that he's kind of dressed up in a little red outfit and a pointed tail and point no 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 amen the devil doesn't want to stop until you're on your deathbed he doesn't want to stop until everything every sin every vice every habit has 
has destroyed you. Oh, help me today. Amen. Oh, sweet Jesus, help us today. That behind that billboard that advertises how fun sin is. Amen. If you could go behind the billboard where the light's not shining, that's where you'd find the briars. And that's where you'd find the prickly pears. Amen. If you could get behind that advertisement, that's where somebody's laying on their deathbed. Amen. They're dying of emphysema. They're dying. Amen. A cirrhosis of the liver. They're dying because a needle stuck in their arm. They're dying because of drugs flowing in their veins. He don't want you to see that. Amen. I want to tell the church this morning, this is not just worth singing about. This is not just worth shouting about. This is worth fighting for. This is worth fighting for. This is a battle that we must win. We must win. The stakes are high. The stakes are high because we're talking about eternity. We're talking about eternity. You understand that if we lose this war, we lose you. Not just tanks and not just Humvees and not weapons of warfare. We don't lose money. We lose souls. We lose you. That's why Satan is firing every weapon in his arsenal and nothing and no one is off limits to his plan. That's why sinister agendas are neatly folded into every crevice of life. Let me tell you something. Preachers just a few years ago were kind of on their own when they started talking about some of these things. But now that the woke generation is in the middle of Main Street, we need to understand there is an agenda. There is an agenda. It's not a hidden, it was once a hidden agenda. Subliminal messages. They're not quite so subliminal anymore. Amen. They're not quite so neatly tucked away into crevices, but they're wherever you turn. There is a godless agenda that is folded and woven in movies, in music, in television, in magazines, and in websites. And, and I understand that there's a pure side to all of this. Amen. There is there can be something pure about a movie. There can be something pure about a song. There can be something pure about a television program. There can be something pure about a magazine. There could be something pure about websites. Amen. But I'm telling you that that just just this close, amen, there is a devilish demonic message that is trying to tear down and destroy. So I am not suggesting that the answer is to move into a cave in Montana and wait the Lord out. I'm going to tell you what the answer is is to get up every day and say Lord I have no idea what I'm going to face I have no idea what I'm going to be exposed to and so I'm just asking you Lord that if my courage fails me today I'm asking you to help my faith not to fail me Lord I'm asking you that if my strength fails me today don't let my faith fail me today if I stumble and fall I want to say like Micah rejoice not against me oh my enemy I did fall down today but I'm going to get up I'm going to brush myself off I found myself in darkness today but God is going to be a light unto me this is a battle that we must win we must win we must win this we must we must win this 
Amen. The answer is not to quit your job and move in here in the church. Let's all set up tents and sleep in bags. That's not the answer. Simon Peter, the 12 disciples were commissioned to go into the world. Amen. We just need the Spirit of God to surround us. We can't go prayerlessly through the world. The bait of Satan is temptation. And temptation is different for all of us at different stages of life. What you're tempted to do at 8 may not be what you're tempted to do at 18. What you're tempted to do at 18 may not be what you're tempted to do at 80. But temptations are still a reality of every day. James said every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And so you may be, you may be tempted to be more promiscuous when you're 20, but you just may be tempted to cheat on your taxes when you're 60. Amen. Well, we didn't see that coming, did we? I didn't even see that coming. But when we are drawn away of our own lust and enticed, the key word in this verse is every man. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away. So we would be foolish that, that we have somehow garnered some kind of an exemption card that we're going to reach this place where this no longer affects us. Satan is after everyone in this room from our young to our middle age, to our elders. He would love to have you at 18, but he'll settle for you at 80. He would love to have you in the middle part of your life, but he'll settle for you at the end of your life. Amen. He wants to destroy your innocence and your effectiveness in the kingdom of God. And that is why we are fighting this war. We're fighting and, and you're fighting and, and we're all fighting together to protect one another. Because Satan understands this, that if he can destroy let me speak to our youth just a moment. If he can destroy your innocence, then he's already won half of the battle to destroy or at least affect your effectiveness in the kingdom of God. Because if he can, if he can wound you early on in this war, then he can burden you with guilt and shame. And, amen. If that happens, then if you keep bringing that guilt and shame to the altar with you, it's going to affect your future. That's why we got to put that in the hand of God and move on. And, and uh, I had already was already going to say all of this despite everything that's already been said. But I know we've talked about Brother Williams, Brother Larry Newburn just a moment ago talked about testimonies of people that have been delivered from drugs and alcohol and that's a powerful testimony and and there are many here that have all kind of testimonies. Again, these things already being alluded to. And, but I will tell you that there's, there's even some greater testimonies in here. And I say this with great deference, no matter where you've been brought from. But there's some with even greater testimonies in here. Amen. There are some that could stand surely and say, I was on the front line of this war and I sustained some injuries and I have some scars to prove there and and, and I'm going to bear these in my body and my mind and my heart for the rest of my lives. But I thank God that he was a restorer and he has healed and, and helped me. 
Amen. But you bear those scars. I was leaned over to my wife this morning. I remember an evangelist many years ago that preached for us and they sang and he sang a song that, that spoke about, Lord, don't take the scars. Don't remove my scars because they remind me of the fool I've once been. So don't remove those scars. But I will tell you that I also know that there are men and women in this house and under the sound of my voice today that will hear this message and those tuning in, amen, that could say, you know what, I've been on the front line, I've been in the battle for a long, long time and God has protected me from all those things. I don't know what alcohol tastes like. I've never had a cigarette between my fingers. I've never had drugs in my body. I've never done this, never done that. Hear me this morning, no matter where you find yourself, I'm not saying because of that that they're greater than you are, amen, but I'm I'm going to tell you, if you talk about a powerful testimony, just say, I was in the middle of it all, but God helped me. Amen. And I kept myself. I protected myself. Amen. I stayed chaste and I stayed pure. Amen. Regardless if that's your testimony or if it's not your testimony, can I tell you today that no matter where you find yourself this very morning, at this very moment, at 11.52 on this Sunday, God wants you right where you are. And this is a battle that you must win. It is a fight. It is a worthy fight. It is a worthy fight. It is a worthy fight. Praise God. Only a foolish commander would send his troops into a battle without proper weapons. So that's why Jesus said, I have prayed for you. He wants to destroy you, but I want to show you something. He desires to have you to sift you a sweet, but I need you to follow me somewhere because I've got something I want to show you. <laughs> There's a weapon that you need to know how to apply. So he said he would love to destroy you, but I have prayed for you. He said, I pray that your faith fail thee not. Now, Jesus' prayer request, not that I pray that you would never be tempted, but his prayer request was this, that while you're on the front line, I pray that your faith is strong enough to keep you. It seems, you know, idealistic, perhaps too much so, to think that we would be protected from every evil or every temptation of this world because that's just not how things work. But the Lord said, my prayer request is this, or my prayer is going to be this, that while you're fighting this battle, I'm praying that your faith is going to be strong and that your faith will keep pressing you forward. That's why the altar is so important. Amen. That's where we receive direction. Not just a collective altar, but our own personal altar. Wherever or whatever that may be. The altar is where we fill up with spiritual nourishment. and The altar is where we get the strength and the faith to keep on fighting. And so that's why daily devotion, daily, 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 daily devotion is so vital because this is where we get strength for our faith. And so when somebody poses hard questions, and we've all had hard questions posed. As a matter of fact, I would dare say there's not many, if any, in this building that hasn't been posed questions that you didn't have an answer to. We shouldn't hang our head and just decide we're a failure. We just need to get back in the book. Find that answer. Don't let your faith fail you. When people try to lead you astray, I've got to pray, Lord, don't let my faith fail me. 
My strength let me down. My courage let me down. But don't let my faith fail me. When temptation comes, don't let my faith fail me. As much as I would like to see everybody win, it's more than just a pastor praying for you. It's more than just friends praying for you. It's more than fellow saints praying for you. You've got to learn how to use this weapon of prayer for yourself. Amen. In Matthew 6, Jesus took his disciples down to the front line. These 12 disciples watched as Jesus showed them how to pray. But just a few verses later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the Garden of Gethsemane. And earlier they were admiring his prayer. Earlier they were admiring how Jesus so aptly applied the weapon of prayer. But then Jesus said to them, essentially, it's one thing for me to pray. One thing for me to pray for you. But there's going to have to come a time that you learn how to wield this weapon of prayer for yourself. Amen. So it's your turn. I took you one time and I taught you how to pray. I showed you how to pray. I example prayer. But now you've got to learn how to do this. I, I remember reading this somewhere, and pardon me for not having the exact reference, but I remember reading this somewhere many years ago. The story told, I'm almost positive it was Brother Billy Cole. That someone asked him about intercessory prayer. What is intercessory prayer? I'm sure what they were thinking was that he was going to sit down and give them a dissertation about what intercessory prayer was. And at that moment, he just got up and he lay down on the floor and just began to pray an intercessory prayer. I'm thankful for prayer examples that we've all had in our lives or that many have had in our lives, but... But there comes a time when somebody says, it's your turn. you got to do this. You have got to pray. Amen? I, I think that if you had a praying mother, we would all be thankful for that, to say, I'm thankful to have had a praying mother. But you know what? There may be a day that you're the mother. So you don't need to just be a good mother, a faithful mother. But you need to pay that forward and be a praying mother, a praying father. Amen. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. I think it's wonderful to have people that can help cover us in prayer. But in order to win this war, we have to learn how to use this weapon called prayer. Because prayer is more than a one-way street of, you know, it's me again, Lord, and I need this and I need that. And prayer is understanding who God is and asking him for his help. But also prayer is about relationship. It is for strength. It is for help. It is for establishing our ways before you. We need to begin our day, I think, with a clear understanding of I'm about to face a new day and I need your help. I have no earthly idea. All of us could say we have no idea what the ringing of the phone, what voice is going to be on the other end, what message is going to be on the other end. We have no idea. So our prayer is, please help my faith stand. I'll ask you to stand, if you will. Jesus told Simon, there's going to come a time when 
there's going to come a time in your life. These two verses summarize a big message. Satan desires to have you collectively to sift you individually as wheat. But I prayed that your faith fail not. But then he says, but there's going to come a time in your life that all this is going to make sense. You're going to connect the dots. The picture is going to come into focus. And he said, and when that time comes, you need to strengthen your brethren. You need to pay this forward. Today, I have prayed for you. But there's coming a day. You may not even understand what I'm saying, Simon, right now. But when you do, and you will, then you need to get this for yourself. And then you need to strengthen your brethren. Amen. There's no need, really, in every generation stepping in the pothole, same pothole, making the same mistake. But we ought to be learning. We ought to be growing. We ought to be improving. Amen? And so when you get it, you need to strengthen those around you. And that's why it's imperative that we realize how high these stakes are. Because there are people that are counting on it would, you'd be more comfortable if I said there are people that are counting on us because we can get lost in the crowd of us. But there are people that are depending on you. They're depending on you. They're counting on you to pray them free. They're depending on you. I, I told this, I think, uh, a service or so ago about Sister Pew. They're counting on you to love them and their lostness. They're counting on you to fight for their freedom. And you know who they are? There are people that work on your job and they attend your school and they're members of your family, they're friends. They're counting on you for their spiritual freedom. That's what we're counting on today. For our literal freedom, we're counting on men and women all across our world today and our military forces, our law enforcement. They are, they're standing for our freedom. Amen. And spiritually, there are people that are depending on you and I. I'm going to tell you, Amen. I think we ought to just end this service with family prayer. If you'll come down to the front. Amen. I want to tell you this is a prayer and a battle that we must win. Can we magnify the Lord together in this house? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.